This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Hey, everybody. Carm Capriato, Remarkable Results Radio Podcast. Wow, eight years of doing this, 1,200-plus episodes. Lisa, I don't know, pinch me. It was episode 857, June 13th. A month ago, three, four weeks ago, and it was an update on Right to Repair. You and Paul McCarthy came on. And then in the last, what, week and a half, there's another bombshell that hits Right to Repair. And so I picked up the phone and I said, hey, Lisa, we got to come back on and do some kind of very quick update for the industry so they know what's going on. You know, if your car breaks down, where do you take it? To your locally trusted independent repair shop. What if your shop cannot access the vehicle data and only the manufacturer has access? But who owns the data? You, the vehicle owner, or the manufacturer? Well, join the fight to help support Right to Repair by completing the form at autocareadvocacy.org slash NAPA, which sends a letter to your member of Congress today. Right to Repair legislation protects your access to vehicle data and scan tools. This is critically important for the automotive, heavy-duty paint and body industries. Lisa Fauché, Senior Vice President, Government Affairs and General Counsel for the Auto Care Association. She is watching out for us. So thank you so much. Things were just languishing the last time we talked in terms of Massachusetts, and that has definitely changed. So last week, NHTSA, out of the blue and, you know, two plus years into the case in Massachusetts, sends a letter to the auto OEMs instructing them not to comply with the data access law in Massachusetts because it would conflict with federal law, namely the Safety Act, and informing the court that in NHTSA's view, the Massachusetts law was preempted by the Federal Safety Act. Now, you know, the judge had been asking NHTSA for years to weigh in and, and, you know, voice their opinion on this important issue, and we'd heard nothing. You know, this really, really, as you put it, was a bombshell in the case. So after everybody had a minute to digest that letter, it became apparent to auto care that rather than engaging in a separate technical analysis, what NHTSA had done was simply reiterate the briefing of the alliance in the case. In other words, making the argument that the law required open access to the systems on the car without requiring any security. And as the attorney general's briefing has made clear in the case, as the record in the trial made clear, the law does in fact specify that any access can and should be done in a secure manner. And as your listeners know better than anybody, that can absolutely be done in a variety of different ways many of which were demonstrated at the trial. It's really unfortunate that NHTSA filed this letter that didn't appear to have any independent research or analysis behind it, but simply reiterated the Alliance's legal argument. And this went up to a judge and the judge says, oh, okay, I I got this. So the judge has, as far as we know, accepted it into the record. Interestingly, the judge has said nothing and... I expected the Alliance to come in and file for another injunction, you know, as we talked about last time. They've done nothing either, and they've actually been very quiet in the press. 
the articles that I've read, their response when contacted has been no comment. So I think they're letting this play out, both at the court and in the media. What happened subsequently, however, was that Senator Warren and Senator Markey saw this letter. And suffice it to say, they were not enthusiastic about it. They sent a scathing letter to the Department of Transportation and to NHTSA saying not only, you know, did we see this letter and we don't understand why you filed it out of the blue, we don't understand why you didn't have any analysis in it, but they ask NHTSA five fairly pointed questions in in the form of data requests. You know, how many meetings did you have with the OEMs? When did you have those meetings? What independent analysis did you do to reach this conclusion? What other agencies did you speak to? to reach this conclusion. And so they've asked NHTSA to provide to them that data and responses to those questions. We have not seen those responses yet, but I I think it would be very odd for NHTSA not to respond to senator inquiries. You know, as cars become more advanced, manufacturers are getting sole access to important vehicle data while independent repair shops and vehicle owners are increasingly locked out from accessing vital repair data. But who owns the data? The vehicle owner or the manufacturer? When it comes to vehicle repair, the fight to secure data access for vehicle owners and their chosen independent repair facilities continues. U.S. Representative Bobby L. Rush introduced the Right to Equitable and Professional Auto Industry Repair acronym REPAIR, R-E-P-A-I-R, Act to the U.S. House on February 3, 2022. The bill is aimed at giving small, independent repair shops the same kind of data access that licensed vehicle dealerships already receive. Americans should not be forced to bring their cars to more costly and inconvenient dealerships for repairs when independent auto repair shops are often cheaper and far more accessible, said Rep. Rush. But as cars become more advanced, manufacturers are getting sole access to important vehicle data while independent repair shops are increasingly locked out. The right to repair legislation should protect a pro-consumer and competitive motor vehicle repair market, provide independent repair shops with the rights to critical information, tools, and equipment needed to repair modern cars and trucks. The right to repair legislation should task the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration with developing cybersecurity standards and guidelines to protect vehicle data and systems when repair and maintenance data is accessed by vehicle owners. Please join the fight and help support Right to Repair by completing the form at www.autoadvocacy.org slash NAPA, which sends a letter to your member of Congress today. Right to Repair legislation protects your access to vehicle data and scan tools. This is critically important for the automotive heavy-duty paint and body industries. AutoCareAdvocacy.org slash NAPA. It sounds like this is a new legal strategy. You incubate. You just (laughs) put the egg under the blanket and let it alone. Okay, we watch enough stuff in media today on TV, on movies, to realize that there's power in lobbying. There's power in influence. And it's just another stall tactic. Based on the letter that was sent to NHTSA from the senators, it seems to me that the answers to that may just negate what they just did. It's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out. You know, again, I think 
It was very unfortunate. It was unfortunate from the timing perspective. It was unfortunate from the, excuse me, the substantive analysis perspective. You know, I think we all look to NHTSA to be a, a leader in these, in these issues, which of course are important to the OEMs and important to the aftermarket. You know, it's what we expect from them to give thoughtful, detailed technical analysis. That is not what happens here. And, you know, that, that's a shame. I want to cover something completely different. And not that it's, yeah. not that it's completely different, but I think of the rules for autonomy. And uh, you know, every state wants to have their own thing, you know, based on, I don't know if it's autonomy, four, autonomy, five. Wouldn't NISA be the organization that on a federal basis would set, like, if you will, a national rule or law on that? Yes. Yeah, to do it nationally, they're the ones that should do it. Absolutely. So why was NHTSA a, a very big, important part of the right to repair that's going through Congress right now? Are they, are they in it? Yes, NHTSA is actually specifically referenced in the Federal Repair Act as one of the agencies, as the agency that should work with the industry to specifically implement these repair platforms in a safe and secure way. So the bill acknowledges their expertise in this area. Why they then went to Massachusetts and address the issue in such a non-technical, non-substantive way is, is perplexing and, you know, really unfortunate because the Massachusetts law can be implemented 100% in accordance with the Federal Safety Act. You know, there is no preemption. The idea that the law somehow requires open, unfettered access to malicious actors is simply incorrect when you read the language of the law. And the attorney general in Massachusetts has made that point over and over again in the briefing. So this has been involved all along the way, maybe not in the mass ruling. This isn't, hey, look at us. We're here. We're a pretty powerful, important organization. So we're going to slow this? Could could it just be a move to temper everything that's going on? I can't really speculate on where this came from. I think maybe some of the answers to the senator's letter may shed some insight on that and where this came from. But, you know, certainly Massachusetts voters want access to repair data. That was demonstrated three years ago in an overwhelming support as as everyone on this podcast knows. And the law was in, was drafted in a way that that can and should be done in a secure manner. And frankly, as I said, the judge asked NHTSA for input, asked the gov- federal government for input. And, you know, they declined to give any definitive guidance. So why now? And why in this non-substantive form? So what's next? Well, there's been, you know, I think ideally everyone would like them to reconsider the letter that was filed in Massachusetts for the reason that auto care articulated in its letter, the senators articulated in their letter, you know, simply because, again, it just reiterated the alliance's briefing. So we'll move forward to try to get that letter withdrawn or reconsidered in Massachusetts. And then simultaneously, we're going to move forward full speed ahead on the Repair Act to continue to gain co-sponsors. Okay. And and again, let's just remind everyone, repairact.com, righttorepair.org. Sign the petition if you haven't. And we've been pleading and asking you for years to get on. 
and it automatically sends a letter with your, I don't know if it's your signature or your name, to your legislators from your district up to the federal government. It's easy. It's so easy. And and I was going to say, Carmen, we talked about it last time, and it's true that this industry has been so persistent on this issue for such a long time, and it's hard to maintain that energy level. But I can tell you that it has never been more important than now. There is so much attention on this issue now. This is our moment. And like you said, just we ask everybody to, to participate. All right. We don't need to go too much further, except that was a beautiful plea. Thank you so much. Please go back and listen to the other episode, which was 857. We're going to release this probably as a quick bonus just to get it out into the industry so that people aren't going to read that article and say, oh, the air's out of the balloon. I'm confused. What's going on? Why wasn't NHTSA considered? I think you cleared it up for us. We know you're on duty. You're the point of the plow for us in the industry. And we sure appreciate your tenacity on this issue and working so hard for all of us in, in the auto care industry. Thank you so, so much. Any, any final words that we need to know? No, I appreciate the time and the opportunity, and I'll keep you updated as we move forward. It's fast and furious. Thank you, Lisa Fauché, Senior Vice President, Government Affairs and General Counsel of the Auto Care Association, and please sign the petition, repairact.com. Do it right now. Thanks. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time... 